Hello, I'm Christopher Dring. I'm James Batchelor. And I'm Ben Parfit. And you are listening to the MCV and Develop podcast. E3 next week. Indeed. What what is everyone looking forward to? Games. 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 That's, that's, <laughs> that's the smart ass answer, isn't it? Yeah. All the time. We all look forward to it. Does it even matter? Z3 even matter? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think it's always good to see a kind of a, a big calendar event where you get the this is the these are the big releases, these are the big reveals, and it kind of makes a, a kind of a celebration of what's coming. I think the the consumer in me still looks forward to E3. In terms of like the the trade industry person, no, because people can announce stuff whenever the hell they like, as they have been this week. Yeah, I think it's quite normal people to announce stuff before E three to avoid. Since it's becoming increasingly normal for stuff to be announced yeah. in the run up to E three, rather than at E three. Mm. It's I guess it's to avoid though. You think I think some of the things that have been announced, like Injustice, Injustice two is that today? Yeah, that's mm. Justice yeah, yeah. two. So you think about that. That doesn't stand a chance against. You know, all the headlines will be Call of Duty, it's going to be Titanfall 2, it's going to be Watch Dogs 2. I know they've already teased a lot of this stuff, but that's what's going to be grabbing all the headlines next week. So you can understand yeah. them trying to get some coverage in the bag before they head off to the show. I think also well, like with more conferences than ever, I know, I know like, you know, um, Nintendo aren't doing a conference and Activision aren't doing a conference this year. Activision like, have never, done, never a done a conference. Ignore that. <laughs> but, like, but the fact like there are now, incre- certainly last year, there were loads of conferences. There was the three platform holders and then there's a Bethesda one and a Ubisoft and a Square Enix and an EA. You've got so many people vying for attention, announcing stuff ahead of time to try and get people like, right, you want to be watching our, pod- our conference because you're going to see more of these games. It's just it's the battle for attention. Yeah. Last year, it sort of felt like there was so much. There's more announced pre than during. I don't I, I don't have any numbers to back that up, but it felt like that. Which, yeah. You know, and if everyone does that, does that not cheapen the event? Maybe. I don't know. I think what I get out of E3 now has changed quite a bit because we sort of all look forward to the big sequels, right? Yeah. And um, you look at all the big reveals and the leaks this week. They're all big sequels. But whenever I go yeah, now, there wasn't the story today like Prey Two, Injustice Two, <laughs> Wolfenstein Two, The Evil Within Two, Evil Within Two, Skyrim Remaster, sequels or remakes. Yeah, <laughs> but that's uh, yes, what you get before the show. At the show is oddly, it seems to be a good place to see a new IP. No, nobody spoke for Honor last year, did they? No, when that was announced, because nobody get. Nobody but then if they teased it before, yeah, all four Honors going to be announced at Ubisoft's yeah, conference. Like, cares. No one knows. Yeah. No, no one knows what that is. So. I, I think that's a good thing. I think that's quite exciting. I, and then, you know, the thing is, last year everyone said, oh, everything was sport before the event. And then during Xbox, Xbox announced their. Um, well, starts none of the new IPs were. But then you had things like Xbox announced their backwards compatibility at the show. Then you had The Last Guardian being shown. Then you had, um, uh, what, Shenmue. And then you had Final Fantasy. And you saw the reactions to that. There were surprises. Yeah. And I'm. Um, Certainly, ma- surprises are, are increasingly my favourite part of E3. Personal favourite, obviously, like the South Park trailer. Yeah. Last year, like you know, and the kind of the double bluff of all oh, this looks like another generic R- RPG. Oh no, wait! It's a South Park sequel. You didn't know you wanted, but you really, really do. Right, like, you do. I do. Yeah. But it, uh, like, is it another case that E3's position? Because we're debating the importance of E3. Are we debating the importance of E3? Because much like the role of the specialist press has been eroded in in the days of the internet, where publishers and studios communicate directly with their fans without this inconvenient layer in between of the press 
taking those words, perhaps filtering out the bullshit and mm. presenting it in a more truthful way, which is frustrating for a publisher who wants to sell its message. So in the same way that the press is being sidelined through direct communication, then just the, the fundamental need for E3 that was there 10 years ago to announce your products mm. isn't there now because a big <clears throat> publisher can communicate its big product and big announcement precisely the way it wants, directed to the people it wants to sell it to, without bothering with all the hassle in between. Yeah, yeah. well that is, that is the reason why people are questioning the need for E3. I mean 20 years ago, because the event's now 21 years old, 20 years ago um, it was a retail event, like people did deals there and then, they went there, they met independent, a group of games retailers, Dixons, and Dixons signed the game there and then, all the console there and then at the show. As retail's become more and more consolidated, we've gone to a stage now where it became a media event and it's all about getting the BBC and, and the specialist press and everybody in front of the games at the same time and going a huge explosion of news and as Ben quite rightly points out we've got to a stage now where um, people want to go direct to consumer and that's why EA isn't there. Like EA want to go directly to their fans and that's the reason you know there was a time when you used to go to the PlayStation press conference and the first 30 minutes you had to sit through bloody spreadsheets didn't you of sales figures yeah. that's gone and that's gone because they're being live streamed on the internet to billions of people um, and so that's the audience. But the thing is with E3, the reason why I think it's relevant in spite of all that, is because there are billions of people watching. The whole world is watching that week. That's mm. our Cannes Film Festival. You know, that's, our, that's our Oscars, even though it's not an awards event. It's, it's where the, everyone is looking at that week. I mean, it's also not as relevant because you know mobile doesn't really have a space there. And Ben, you're really into PC game. PC game doesn't really well, it's have a much... PC game show again. Yeah, PC it? game yeah. show. It's sort of trying Which to... Which was right last year. Yeah. Quite long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Tell you what we won't get though is Miyamoto in a silly hat. No. No, not Miyamoto. Or, uh, Iwata. Iwata. or Nintendo Muppets. No. Mm. I reckon we might get Reggie wearing some sort of daft piece of clothing. I'd like. I, I the Reggie bot. Yes. I really don't know what to expect from Nintendo this year, or rather, I do know exactly what to expect from Nintendo. They're going to show Zelda, but I mean, they're announcing nothing, and they're so not, they, they don't have their directs. They have some live streams. So there isn't a direct. There is, a, there is a Zelda live stream and that's what it Zelda is they're doing their treehouse stuff yeah. which is where they detail games that have already been announced already are known and a lot of the ones I saw that are on the list are like either Japan only or Japan first so like there's like Dragon there's a Dragon Quest spin-off mm-hmm. and it's all games that are, are very increasingly niche oh, it's going to be such a tough year for Nintendo knowing that there's yeah. a new machine on the way but knowing that it's not coming now Mm-hmm. And knowing that their current machine, one which is effectively dead, the other which is okay but still underperforming compared to its predecessor, and aging, it's not six years old now. Yeah, 3DS. And they're not even going to do anything like. I, mean, I remember when um, it was like the only the first look, look of the Wii or the Revolution as it was back then was literally he walked out with a model of the console. There was no information about what it would do, what games would be on it, what the control was. Is just here our console's the size of three DVD cases. And that was all you saw, but that was enough to get people. But won't play DVDs. But won't play DVDs. <laughs> I know, yeah. But I, 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 I don't know if it's a. I think the people, a lot of people, making a big thing about the fact. I think odd is that it's out in March, and mm. you'd have thought this would have been a great. I mean, I don't need to yeah. announce it as E3. We all discuss. We don't need to announce anything at E3. Well, this, according to the latest reports, is we've decided to retrofit VR into it. If you believe that, I yeah. Don't know if I do believe oh, that, there's so much, so many things. I know. I know. A lot of companies haven't seen NX yet. Yeah. I know a lot yeah. of companies haven't seen it. A lot of studios yet. haven't seen it either. Um, mm. I actually, so I was speaking to one of the most senior people at Capcom who said they haven't seen NX yet. They are seeing it next week. so um, Which doesn't kind of, you know, Nintendo, if they really 
there's so many challenges they face aside from the hardware. But say they 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 announce a machine that is half decent, then third party support forever the struggle. And yet, you know, you're less than a year away from launch, and they're a vast bulk of people, or at least a lot of these large game companies, haven't seen the machine yet. Well, uh, yeah, I do know some people know what it is, or at least, but I don't know. Yeah, it look, it sounds to me like it's the old Nintendo approach of them going to their rather selected friends getting them on board first of all and then trying to, to widen out. I mean, I've gone through this plenty of times. If you look at Nintendo's, um, look at the top 10 best-selling games on every Nintendo platform. They're all, with the exception of Street Fighter 2 on the SNES, they're all published by Nintendo. So the most important thing for Nintendo is to get their own lineup right. They will need third party though because you know nobody's going to buy a machine where there's only about five games coming out a year. They'll need to have third party support that the Wii U has. The most important thing to sell the machine will probably be... Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing because... It, you, I think the allure of their first party games, you know, you, you, it's not increasing. Maybe at best it's holding steady. You could probably presume that it's decreasing as a fan base, A, the existing fan base ages, and B, um, people who are coming into games. I don't think there is that awareness of Nintendo or enthusiasm mm. of Nintendo that once was. You know, my, my daughter and her friends, they're into smartphones. Some of them, like Lara, has a, a 2DS. A couple of them have like a Nintendo. But yeah, you know, some of them have Vita as well. There isn't that, you know. When we were kids, Nintendo was the be all and end all. I don't think that's the same now. So you can't. They can't rely on that. They need the third party because you need someone to look at the NX or whatever and think, oh, I'd love to play those Nintendo games, uh, but I also want to play Assassin's Creed and FIFA, or whatever. Oh, but that machine will do it. Therefore, I'll go for it because I value the first party Nintendo stuff over the Sony or Microsoft. Hmm. Also, like you know, the, the the big selling point for Nintendo was obviously its first party titles and the fact that they have, they have that unique, inexplicable quality. And I'm not going to use a, really, a cheesy term, but magic about them. Oh, like, so, God, we could debate and, that for no, a long time. No, 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 no. But my point, my point being, like, the, there are certain experiences you only get from Nintendo games. But that's not that's less the case now because a lot of indie developers and certainly people who are inspired by the Nintendo games are bringing that level of quirky innovation into their but not, indie titles. But not that, quite the multi-million pound sort of. Some of them are like you know perhaps Platonica. Yeah, but that's two or three companies. The thing Nintendo speaks to an audience that doesn't exist in console anymore. That's the big problem. They speak to that that young gaming audience. I, I heard of a conversation Nintendo once had. They had a big meeting with a big publisher. And they all sat around the table. And all they talked about was, isn't it a shame that kids don't buy consoles anymore? And it was like, that was what they were talking about. And there was no agreement or anything rich. It was just <laughs> Nintendo sort of saying, that's a shame that people don't want to buy us anymore. Um, but Nintendo does rely on this perception of specialness that I, I, I can only see wearing away. I mean, say, look at some like Tear Away, right? Yeah. Which commercially is... Yeah. Great game. If that was a Nintendo game, my God. That would have been raved about. The sales would have been it so probably much would have better. sold better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sales would have been so much better. Yeah. Um, so you know, Nintendo can release a game of comparable quality to that. It will sell a lot better. It will be critically far more successful. Can they rely on that indefinitely? I don't know. You, you, you can't rely on the past achievements forever to rely on that. It needs no. to be bolstered up by new achievements. That's why so much rely is weighing That's on the, the NX. I always think the 3DS is a interesting thing. I always go on about it because. It actually hasn't done that great in the West. It's done okay in the West. It did really well in Japan. And that's why overall it's done okay. People talk about it not doing as well as the DS. But the DS did a hundred and... hundred like freak success. Uh, well, it was a well, hundred odd million units. But in a market where there wasn't... The smartphone industry was only just starting. Yeah. The 3DS came in when the smartphone industry was booming. And still sold like 60 odd million consoles. 
pretty good. It's not as high as it used to be. It's still pretty impressive. And you look at that, they lost, apart from Square Enix and Capcom, that's lost its third-party support as well. The thing is, what helps with that machine is Nintendo release a lot more games for that. There's there's multiple Pokemons and Zeldas and, you know, there's, there's a lot more games. There are for, a lot more ways to buy the old games again as yeah, well. A lot, yeah, a lot, a lot of ways of ripping me off, buying Super Mario World for the 50th time. We've actually gone massively off topic. We have. <laughs> We're always going to end up talking about Nintendo. <laughs> Two Nintendo fans on the thing. I did find it quite interesting to see um, that Ukulele, uh, the most requested platform for that, out of its 70... 4,000 backers was was Wii U. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Like, it surprised me. I mean, it, does, it doesn't surprise me that Nintendo fans backed it. It surprised me that Nintendo fans still actually went out and bought a Wii U. Because looking at those sales figures, and you compare it to the 3DS, I looked at the Wii U and think nobody bought, not even the Nintendo fans bought Wii U. 12 million units, tiny. Yeah. Yet, There's such a crossover with that game, right? So, yeah. I mean, I obviously am not the biggest fan of modern Nintendo. People are going crazy about the ukulele trailer. I look at it and I just... I don't find anything it doesn't appeal to me in size but that's just me that's my taste you two two of the biggest Nintendo fans I have to tolerate <laughs> and you know you go mad for it so I'm not surprised there's a direct correlation yeah. I'm not just looking at E3 though I'm not just looking forward to Zelda and Ukulele that's a relief I'm looking forward to um, with James and me on that. I'm looking forward to the new South Park yes um, that's, that's looking pretty good I'm quietly looking forward to Watch Dogs 2 I am one of those those people that actually enjoyed the first one I felt really stung by that game. I, I was so up for it, and oh, I didn't like it. Problem with Ubisoft over the moment is that all of their games. It doesn't matter whether it's Assassin's Creed in medieval whatnot, or Watch Dogs in the near future, or whatever. Far Cry, be it in the primal times yeah. or, or the Himalayas, they're all so similar. They're, Ubisoft there's templates. The game. I mean, I I love yeah. Far Cry Four. I thought that was fantastic. Sat down to play Far Cry Primal. And within five minutes, I'm walking around using my eagle vision, whatever it is. The, all the games have it, that mechanic, mm. the mechanic that highlights the thing you need. I'm looking for plants or bits of wood to forge a weapon. And then the map opens up and it's all those markers. So I can't stomach that again. I've done that template so many times. So if Watch Dogs 2 comes out and is different to that, then fantastic. But if it's the same, we're just... It can, I'm not interested. It'd be interesting to see if um, Watch Dogs 2 is a bit more focused because obviously Watch Dogs 1 got delayed and then they spent that six, that last six to nine months cramming in a boatload Every of game features. Like, in the world. It, not just like all the typical Ubisoft stuff, you know, climb towers, use your vision, all this stuff, but like there was a bloody four square in there. There was like a hundred and something places to check in and then there were like little IR games that you know you could play little mini games in, you know, randomly in the street. It's like... Who is this? They almost felt like they were building up to be like, right, this is the one game you will only play for the rest of your life, mm. and we're giving you all of the game. Like, it just, I'm hoping for a bit more focus because I thought that the actual concept and the premise of the, the series yeah, was, great, yeah. was great. Dishonored 2. Dishonored 2, can't yeah, wait. Yeah, that's, that's a big one to look out for. Game of the year 2011, 12, when did the first one come out? <laughs> yeah, about right then. I, I love Dishonored. Um, and Sounds the, great. I love Dishonored, looking forward to that one coming back. No Dark Souls though, so ultimately 3 is pointless. Dark Souls is better, so better this year, because no Dark Souls. Oh. <laughs> I, actually I actually have only played Bloodborne, and I uh, I really like that. But um, I'm <laughs> in the sake of... Uh, being contrary, I hate it. I'm trying to desperately think of games that I can't wait to see, and I'm, I'm struggling. Res on a VR, on PlayStation VR, that could sell me on VR. But anyway, see, it's all I about the new hardware, really. Right? I think there's going to be a lot of, of VR stuff before, oh, yeah, before we touch on like, like, and I'm intrigued because, like, as much as people talk big about VR, it 
has yet to convince me that it is going to take off as a, a mainstream proposition because like yeah largely because of the you know the, the entry barrier the price yeah um, and then the need for either a high-end PC or obviously you've got a high yeah. for, for and then and you know the rumors of neo being specialized for VR I wonder how much VR will dominate yeah it's, it's difficult I mean I spent a week with VR for that feature that's in the e3 issue of MCV uh, about VR for the, the um, helping the disabled and the takeaway I got from that from me using it and my wife using it and my daughter using it was it, it is an amazing experience it is completely unlike anything um, the the illusion of reality is so much more convincing than you'd expect. S- some of the early games are brilliant. Yeah, m- a lot of them are, but some of them are. It's a fantastic experience. But it's seven hundred quid, mm. so it's just like it kind of doesn't matter how amazing that experience is when it's seven hundred quid. I mean, I'm I'm cl- I'm close to ordering one, um, beca- only because um, I ha- I'm close to selling a flat. In which case I'll have a little bit of disposable income. But then at the same time, the main worry I have is that that hardware you've got at the moment, it, it does feel like a prototype to me. It's heavy, there's that massive wire, the screens, you know the next version, the screens are going to be better. You know, you can still pick out the pixels on the current Vive. So you dump 700 quid on one of those units, and then at E3 or later this year or next year, they announce another one, same price, cheaper, that's wireless with better screens. Mm-hmm. That's a really bitter pill to swallow. So I think VR is definitely going to be a thing, but like you say, is it going to be a thing now, this year, next year? I don't know about that. We might be a little way away before it becomes big. I just yeah. think it will sell out this Christmas. I think that's what happened. I think the big concern is what happens then. Does it boom at Christmas and then disappear off the face of the earth come beginning of next year and that's why I think it needs to move into the mainstream as quickly as it can but PlayStation VR is a good chance for that I think that's the best yeah. I think that's got the best chance um, and you know it's interesting to see it's interesting to see that Sony seem to be so interested so back in it they're actually willing to remodel their PlayStation that does throw up another complication because for a lot if it is true that PlayStation VR is a non-optimal Experience on standard PlayStation 4 that might be fine for saying my wife is going to dabble every now and then or whatever, but for you or I or a serious gamer, I, I would struggle personally playing PlayStation VR on my current PS4 knowing that if I got a new machine it would be performing better. So that bumps up the price from 350 to what 700. I might as well buy a Vive for that, yeah. But then PlayStation would have exclusive software like Res. <laughs> Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. No, that's that? funny looks. That's that terrible. Uh, it doesn't look terrible. It's just it isn't isn't what Until Dawn's supposed to be. No, um, it's a uh, it's a sort of roller coaster thing, um, shooter game. That's, oh really? That yeah. passed me by. That passed me by. Oh, it was out last year. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, that's my concern. Like, not just about like VR, but also like these these hardware updates as well. If the consoles go towards the the kind of the almost smart device model of you upgrade um, to get the better performing machine, so you get the better performing games. Like, I have constantly been at least two generations behind smartphone wise. Than the rest of the you know, the, the, the early adopters. And you the are a luddite. I am a luddite. Yes, <laughs> this is true. But it means that it means that okay, I've still got the original iPad Mini, the first generation iPad Mini. That means that gaming on that thing is impossible because yeah. all of the games have been updated to the point where they do not run on this iPad. It means I am blocked off from gaming. I don't have the disposable funds 
to be upgrading my console every two, three years. And yet I would like to be able to have the option. I don't I don't want to be kind of priced out of my hobby, is yeah. my concern. I mean, it is prohibitively... You look at it and you think that's prohibitively expensive. But basically, everyone I've spoken to in the industry, are all of the opinion, people pay for tech. Particularly gamers will pay for tech. People pay hundreds of quid every year to upgrade their phone. P- gamers are first adopters. They want the latest tech. They're not going to blink twice about upgrading their console every year or so, is the opinion. And I mm. kind of think that's probably right. If, you, if it's important enough to you, find the money. There's an element, though, as well, that... If whether or not there will be another generation. Now, I've spoken to a few publishers, talking to people, and they say they think there will be a PlayStation 5, and they do think there'll be a, an Xbox, whatever. And there'll definitely be a Nintendo, we know that. But is maybe this is the alternative. Maybe the alternative is that this generation continually updates itself until eventually the hardware does become obsolete, and we're moving into this, what everyone seems to think we're heading towards, this streaming future. Um, and that you eventually don't need, you know, Sony have their own t- range of TVs, you don't, in the future, in theory, you could be streaming from PlayStation now, and anything you need is your DualShock and your or your VR headset or your Move mm. controller, whatever it is. I'm still not convinced by streaming. I know it works for films and TV. I don't know if it works for games. I really don't think it does. But in five years' time, yeah, but things—it's not even about things. But the internet thing has to improve so much. I've got a 200 meg internet connection at home. I still want to stream a game over it because it's not just about the speed of download; it's about the ping rate and all that sort of mm. stuff. And if you're playing, if you're playing a point and click, if you're playing Monkey Island, right? It's fine; doesn't matter. If you're playing anything online or anything remotely action orientated, then any sort of delay like that is really screwed up. And when we're at a stage where I, you know, I was playing a game last night that that slowed down to a crawl to like half its frame rate, and it's not even connected to online. What if was you're that? just goes three. Oh right. Um, it's like just as soon as you're in the middle of a big battle, that's it. You're playing in slow motion. What are you playing that on? PlayStation Four. Uh, like the other thing is like, yes, internet capability is going to improve, and in five years' time from now, yes, you're going to have much faster internet, and therefore more potential for streaming. But that's assuming games stay at the same quality they do now, because games are going to improve in terms of the intensity of the graphics, the amount of processing power needed. But those, those will be run. They'll be, they'll be run on. You can. That's the thing. All, all that your network you're seeing, you'll be run on servers elsewhere. You'll be. You'll be seeing the, mm. the screen. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't. I don't like. I don't stream anything. I don't stream Spotify. I don't stream, let alone Netflix or anything like that. I'm not part of that generation of people that does that yet. But um, I can see that. You don't that, use Netflix. No, I don't have any of that. I don't watch enough TV. But I don't use any of that. But I know lots of people do. And the idea being that eventually games will get to that stage. I know games are far more complicated because obviously you have to you have to send data there it's and send data back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I understand that, and I understand that right now most places in the world isn't capable. But even if it's ten years, right? Ten years time isn't enough time for two more console generations, let alone this one and the next one. So is 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 it that you keep the PS4 and the Xbox One? You continue to keep that hardware as fret, as comp- competitive with the PC world as possible. Keep people in that Xbox Live and PSN ecosystem um, by updating those consoles, and then eventually when you do, then you can slowly start to transition away into. Well, mate, I don't. I don't know. I'm just just speculating as to why it, that model might be coming into coming into console. I think game. it's entirely logical. Fundamentally, the whole idea of releasing a console and then that is your static goalpost as a developer for five, six years, considering the rate at which technology of this sort increases. I mean, you know, graphics cards output on PC, for instance, you know. Um, I don't know if the old rule of it doubling every year follows, but it certainly increases at such a rate that a five-year-old piece of kit is so outdated. 
But I think it's perfectly reasonable to swap to this model. Um, plus, you know, the platform holders will, will love it, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. And I think gamers will probably lack it up as well, is the thing. If it was going to be a massive consumer fail and result in less, huge, back, huge backlash, I'm sure they wouldn't, but I don't think it will, really. I think providing developers still make games compatible with the previous and like providing it's not mandatory like okay so say say we have the you know, the Neo comes out this Christmas and if you've got a Playstation 4 anything that comes out for Neo still runs not yeah. as well but still runs yeah. I could understand if the one following that then yeah, maybe it jumps back one generation yeah online, so yeah. if I exactly what I've done with my you know, with my phone I've gone from the iPhone 3 to the 5 to the 5C this year I'll probably get a 6 when everyone's getting a 7 Luddite that I am um, but it works like that on iOS. Like a modern game may work on the current iOS and the one and the iOS before, or maybe two or three iPhones back, but yeah. it won't go back all the way. So I should yeah. imagine it'll be like that with games. They'll stretch back so far, but maybe you know it will vary. Some will work with everything starting from the current PS4, and then others maybe only the most recent machine. Be interesting how they how they frame it though. I mean, I think you're right. It works in mobile phones, but mainstream people are used to buying one machine, right? If mm. you told um, a mum or you know a family but this machine that you put on your TV it'll in two years time it will be there'll be a better model and in four years time it'll probably be out of date yeah. you know even though they're happy to do it in phones it's all well and good the, comparing it to other markets but this isn't that market they're used to doing that in the phone that's the world they're used to this is not something they're used to yeah exactly well just trying to explain to my I have already explained to my wife that yeah that big chunky Xbox One and the TV that may have cost £400 but that'll last me 10 years if I suddenly go back and say oh, actually I need to buy another one this Christmas yeah it's probably not going to go it, down there will be well. a bit of a hurdle but I just don't I don't think generally people are so accustomed to this in other fields I can't see why when it comes to gaming they're just going to reject it I talk to PlayStation quite a lot whenever they do announce anything and I always ask them the same questions and they always tell me it's the most important thing to them is broadening out the consoles. They've got this hard job on their hands in that everyone they want to get back to the state of PS2, right? Or yeah. Wii, but Nintendo. They want to go back to PS2 where they sort of 120 million consoles. They think they want to get that to that stage. They believe PS4 can do that. But PS2 did that because it went beyond people that were interested in the shooters and, and us basically it went beyond us it went re- and the DVD player in it helped a lot Yeah, but it, but it was really, the sing stuff yeah, yeah but PS2 yeah. also did that when it dropped in price after it been out a few years yeah. when the Neo comes out presumably the old machine will yeah. drop in price well, that's and therefore they'll presume they'll be thinking they're still going to target that market yeah okay that's the chat I mean it's the big question though where is are those kids still playing games It's it's they obviously are because Lego still does very well so that Skylanders and Disney Infinity that market hasn't grown it's split among, well, Disney Infinity's gone now but it was splitting between themselves so what they're all doing is they're all jumping into the market and just making sure everyone had a smaller slice of the same size pie I think and, they're playing games on a smartphone yeah, well, like that, that's yeah. where they are and that, the console space I think it's within the as far as I'm, my experience of kids and you have a much better experience than me Ben is they just want whatever they want right? they don't sit there and go I don't want that game because it's on a PlayStation. They look at something, as long as the game looks good, they'll want it. And it's up to, ultimately, the parents, I guess, to select what it is they get their children. And so it's up to the console space to create things that to make kids want it and parents want to buy it for their children. And um, I look at what's in the market the most, and this, you won't get this at E3, it's become such a core gamer event. You used to get it, you used to get the occasional wonder book at E3 or something like that. <laughs> I look at it and that's great. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, well, no, it's, that's the sort of thing. But they wonder what went down so badly, mm. and it was like, such a really good idea. Yeah. It was, like, and it was a great experience as well. It really was fantastic. But I don't know. I don't know whether it was a failure of marketing or a failure of the fact that it just required 
too much you know, hardware. Too much. You need the book and the camera and the controller. Mm. But that's the sort you don't get. You don't. Get, when was the last time a kids' game was announced at E3? Even the ones that are like, I don't know, Ratchet and Clank, for instance. It's a brief trailer that's shown, and it's a game that also appeals to core gamers in their own, its own way because of its heritage. You, I, I I look at that and I do wonder if if I, they say it to me. They say the kids are important, but then they their big Christmas launch is a three hundred and fifty pound virtual reality headset rather yeah. than a the games that ki- kids go crazy for half the time I haven't heard of them now like Lara will go crazy about something that I remember before kind of Subway Surfer became a known thing she got about kids playing this game and then she wanted to download it and I had no idea what it is by the time I'd heard of it like it, it had tens of millions of downloads and that's before it's <laughs> even impacted upon the consciousness yeah. of MCV yeah yeah, well, that's just the, that's the way it is, isn't it? It's that market now. It's it's become become really hard. That and kids are getting into games that will last them years. Like Minecraft kids are still playing Minecraft. When yeah. when was that officially kind of finished and released on you know PS3, Xbox 3, yeah, 360? Yeah. Like it, it, that's still the big kids game. That's still what kids are playing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's just a dangerous market to walk into. It really is. Mm. Um, if you try and launch a kids game today, it's something that's a bit scary unless it has a certain appeal to older fans as you can go a bit Pixar in it um, and I feel but I feel the console space if he wants to hit those PS2 numbers again if he wants to recreate that it needs to needs to broaden out and if anything I see it getting more and more techie more and more focused on gamers mm. I have played a load of PlayStation VR games actually I can imagine playing with a family quite quite nicely some of like the playroom and things like that yeah really good but I just don't know how yeah, how many households can realistically afford I must be I'm quite surprised by the sales of PS4 it's done so well and yet it doesn't feel as if it, the feeling you get from it is perhaps it isn't as mainstream a product as the numbers suggest. But I mean, was it sixty million at the last count? Was it forty? Wasn't it? Was it forty? 40 yeah, still it's massive. Yeah, I know. That surprises me. It's, we were kind of worried that maybe this generation was going to be on the failed. But then I think the thing is though, I think I think it's why how people are playing has changed. So this is just my theory. There's no backing up on this. But Destiny was that big PlayStation game. It wasn't a PlayStation game, but it was it became one. And my brother, and this is all purely based, he, he bought that game and then he all got PlayStation 4 with Destiny <clears throat> and the FIFA. And then he played Destiny and he did not buy another game for nine months because he was just playing Destiny, Destiny. And even then when he got a new game after nine months, carried on playing Destiny after <laughs> that as well. And he still now, he picks it up now and again or he drops into Daisy or... or, or and then and then the division happened. And, and I have to admit, one, after one, you talk about PS4 not being as mainstream. Every now and again, you get a game that sells... Like, it's all Uncharted 4's numbers and we saw Destiny yeah. uh, Division's numbers and we went blimey but then they play that game and they're still playing it and it has to be something really special to drag them out of this world they're inhabiting that we're not in half the time mm. that we don't hear it um, and you know you look at some of the other games that came out even Dark Souls 3 or you know, you know they didn't do that great it probably sold to its core fans and it didn't go any further because all the other people were playing Division I, I do I do feel that people are gaming in a different way now they're not buying as many games they're focusing on I think another problem is like the, the the industry and the big games, the big hits seem to be focused on, and particularly with virtual reality, that one player may be interacting with other people online, but all catering towards that one player playing on their own. You look at the big mainstream hits from the PS2 and the Wii days, you know, Wii Sports, SingStar, iToy, Guitar Hero, Rock Band. It's stuff where people play together. There's nothing like that nowadays. I do think there's like, a big problem. Uh, people. VR companies will try and talk up VR ultimately as a social experience. But social 
if everyone's plugged into a headset and yeah. then you're then shared within the same It's social if you're jacked into the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But basically, strapping yourself into a big helmet is not yeah. social. Like, if I'm at home, when I play, I sit at my desk and I tend to have a pair of headphones on, but I have one ear out because... My, my, my wife won't want to communicate with yeah. me at any moment Lara could come downstairs and need something or I could hear one of the animals getting up to mischief I need to be aware of what's going on around Massively, me yeah. so, but when you're in that headset yeah, I'm not aware of what planet I'm on let alone no. the world going on around me it's definitely I couldn't do that all evening every yeah. evening Christ the, the stuff that I've um, tried the last time I tried VR demos was at GDC that show floor is manic. Yeah, probably like E3. It's ridiculously loud. You cannot hear yourself like think. That all goes away as soon as you're in like headset, headphones. That's yeah. it. Point. To the point where it comes off. It's like, oh yeah, no, I am actually still in the middle of San mm. Francisco's convention center. Oh. The the stuff about like like, bit, like local multiplayer, and that's honestly not just a Nintendo Nintendo fan or I miss it. Possibly, but genuinely, I think back to all the times where I've actually enjoyed. And this is personal anecdote, I grant you, but the times I've enjoyed like um, gaming with people who have not typically been gamers, mainstream people who have interacted. It is Nintendo fans. Get, it's it, it, not nice word, partly that, but it's it's people. Sitting around playing SingStar or Guitar Hero or Rock Band, yeah, stuff no, that appeals to everyone that we play. The other day, I had my my in-laws come out, like my two sisters-in-law and my brothers-in-law, and like it was about six, six, seven of us. The amount of games I have that do not cater for more than two players or even more than one player. Mm. This is I actually spoke to Ready at Dawn just announced that Deformers game. Yeah. That's a local multiplayer game. That's one of the cool things about it. I remember when he started talking to me, oh, it's another MOBA, like, oh, God, here comes another one. And the good thing is you can play it next to people, you can play it with a person sitting next to you on a couch. And I went, well, it's got local multiplayer. And he went, yeah. And I went, oh, I'm interested. Right? And, and it, it surprises, doesn't it? I mean, I didn't know that Rocket League had four-player local. Well, the thing is, like, though, nobody has to more than one controller anymore. No, <laughs> that's is, true. That's, and they cost, like, 50 quid. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, and, this is, and that's because there's so few games with games that do it, so that people don't feel the need. And presumably, as well, local multiplayer is less prevalent because there's less demand for it. If players, if a large number of players were clamoring for it, mm. presumably developers are still be making it. I would guess that you see less of it because more people are more inclined to use online multiplayer. I can't yeah, believe that's, it's that's, kind of like no, that's, it's been taken away. But no, that's fair enough. My, my point being, it's another barrier towards getting back to that mainstream, getting back to broadening the consoles, not allowing people to play together and multiple people to play together in, a, in, in, one, in one room, in the living room, that is going to be a barrier that people are going to have to cross. There's a truth to the fact that most of my friends, my personal friends, are, are game, they own games consoles, but they're not big gamers. Right? I'm never going to see them online half the time. And um, we're all very busy people, but every now and again they'll come around, we'll go around each other's houses, but we don't have a game to play with each other. So unless we like football and FIFA, that's yeah. a game that's quite good with it. Um, we don't play games together. And that's because, you know, we, don't, we used to do rock band, but there isn't really anything anymore. And that's, I think that's the point. It doesn't help with that word of mouth. However, with PlayStation, with VR, particularly PlayStation VR, I have played a couple of quite fun games where you can play with your family in quite a novelty sort of way. So I like the idea of a horror game, right? Or you're in a haunted house. Yeah. And so one of you's in the haunted house wandering around it, and your family's around you with this controller. They're designed to try and like, scare, the, scare the crap out of you, basically. <laughs> keep talking and everyone explodes. That sounds quite fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where somebody's telling you how to. Yeah, every, how to, everyone's working together on how to diffuse the bomb, bomb that you can only see. And, yeah. and, and then there's um, and then there's uh, there's uh, there's the play the playroom one I've played where I was Godzilla effectively destroying a city and everyone else was trying to stop me and it became well, they're playing on the screen 
and I'm playing, and it's that you know that whole thing where they tried to do with Smart Glass and, and, and Vita tried to do it, and, mm. and Nintendo tried to do it with Wii U, God, and they all failed. Yeah, you remember Smart Glass? The idea behind that was that some people would yeah. play on one screen and see one version of the game, and everyone else would see on another screen. And that's I actually I always use Pac-Man Versus, which is an old GameCube game where um, gone name drops like Zelda, four-player <laughs> Game Boy Advance one. What on. Tetris Trackers or Four Souls Adventures? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but Pac-Man was a, was a game where that game was where one one of you played as Pac-Man trying to eat all the um, yeah. things, yeah. and the other three people controlled the ghosts. But the ghosts were in a three D screen, so they only see some of the map, and that was the way the game worked. It's a very good example of it yeah. working. But it's obviously required hundreds of pounds worth of equipment. But we play VR. Everyone will have a control, a DualShock controller, and if you're sitting there in the sort of space and you've got other people playing with you on a different screen, I think that might actually unlock that gameplay opportunity that's not really been successfully unlocked so far. What about uh, Microsoft? We've talked a lot about Nintendo and Sony. Not so it's all about Sea of Thieves, Ben. It's all about Sea of Thieves. I reckon Microsoft are pretty frustrated because they have tried, after the disaster that was the Xbox One unveiling, which oh. they're still paying a price for, yeah. and it, it, no one would argue it was a disaster, but they have tried so hard to make things better. And I think they've done a pretty good job, yet still... I mean, it's not like the Xbox One is selling badly, right? Compared no, to the 360, no. it's selling well. But it you, it doesn't exist in isolation. It exists in competition with its rival, and its rival is doing so much better. And you, I, I do feel for Microsoft. I don't know. They need a plan, and this is. I'll talk to them about it next week. Hopefully, maybe the press conference will show it. Because last year, I thought last year was Microsoft's chance, because PlayStation yeah. effectively they, gave... They, it was good. They did well last yeah, year at E3. PlayStation stepped aside and went, you know what, I've got, I've got no games this year. Open goal. Come on, guys. We're going to work with third parties. Our biggest game launch this year was in March, and it was Bloodborne, and that's it. I've got nothing else the rest of the year. Go on, it's it's all yours. And Microsoft went, great, I've got Rare Replay and Gears of War Remake and Forza and Tomb Raider and Halo. They've got every, all of our biggest games are happening. We should be able to smash this. PlayStation still ended the year up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, what did they do? I mean, I've got a few things I think they should do, but on a smaller scale. They're not very local as a company. They're quite good in the UK, but even then, their marketing campaigns and all that kind of stuff are global. Whereas one of the things PlayStation, and this is the, actually, I have a slight worry about PlayStation's recent change in strategy, but PlayStation are very local. They do things, their slogans are different, and their own thing. And they've got loads of smart people in individual territories. Whereas in Microsoft, if you want to get anything done, you've got to go to Redmond. Whereas in the, in the UK, if you wanted to do something, you could probably just go to Europe and ask them and they'll mm. say yes and a lot of the times they do admittedly you probably don't have global distribution that way but if you're only after something in Europe you can easily do it just by talking to your local office and you couldn't do that with you can't really do that with Microsoft and that's one of the criticisms I've always had upon saying that PlayStation now moved to a globalised <laughs> model yeah, where they've moved in the America so maybe maybe that won't be the case um, going forward but um, r- rumours to be believed we're going to see <clears throat> an Xbox One Slim a forced early confirmation of the Xbox Scorpio, the next Xbox, and this has supposedly been rushed through because of the announcement of the Neo. Mm. There's also rumours of streaming devices. Mm. There's rumours of VR. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, obviously. Got, like, touch upon that VR as well. I mean, you know, if Microsoft does deliver all of that, you know, you'd argue that perhaps they will win the, the show again. But is it going to make any difference for them? I don't know. I don't, I, I, they follow. I, just, it's, I don't. I don't ever like trust a company. I always have concerns about a company that follows, yeah, right? Because yeah. Microsoft in the past, even when they tried, they looked, saw a market opening up, they didn't follow it exactly like when they saw what the Wii was doing. They didn't just do what PlayStation did and create their own version of the Wii. They went and create Kinect, and whether or not you think Kinect was a success or not, it was briefly. 
Um, that was an entirely different take upon mm. it, and Microsoft but did it with the 360. They've tried that with the, the Hololens as well, and they're like, yeah, Hololens VR, uh, will, will go, go Hololens, AR, right? Like, yeah, but but it's yet to manifest itself. I think what they need to do, like, because the trouble is, like, I think they need to surprise. Because as you say, we already have all these rumours of what they're going to do. And then game-wise, you can guarantee Gears 4, Forza Horizon 3, Hi- Halo 6 are we up to? No, some sort of Halo spin-off while we wait for Halo, Halo 6. Wars 2, Halo Wars 2. There yeah, we crack go. Down. Be this year. Crackdown 3. Mm-hmm. We already know everything that's coming. Whereas you look at... Dead um, Rising 4. Dead Rising 4. Like, you look at like um, Sony's last year... And the surprises were things like Horizon Zero Dawn and the Shenmue 3 and the Final Fantasy like remaster. Like, we, you there was Recall last year, wasn't there, on the Xbox? Then, there right? was, we've not seen it since. <laughs> if I were Microsoft, I think their best chance is to just ensure that their next machine is faster than Sony's and at the very least priced the same. If they can release a, a faster machine, a more powerful machine at a lower price than PS4 Neo, then that's, I think, really kind of at the moment, the only way, the only scenario in which you look at it, think, all right, they're going to recoup. Because if they don't manage that, if the machine doesn't perform as well, the machine is more expensive, then how are they going to convince people to make that jump? But what's the allure of the of Microsoft brands? Halo, Halo for me, in the early days of my career at MCV, Halo was a massive event. Mm-hmm. It felt like the last Halo wasn't really an event at all. Uh, no, nah, you know, it was. It wasn't, yeah. Xbox Live was their thing for a long time. Yeah, that was their big selling. I remember uh, I did an inter- it was three sixty recently, obviously closed, and I did a piece where I interviewed Peter Moore and all these sort of people and Robbie Back who, who launched it. And the Xbox was a disaster. Their first Xbox, not Xbox One, the first original Xbox was a disaster. And they always said that what they did is they got together and they were like, what did we do well? And they decided they did two things well, Halo and Xbox Live. And that's all they decided they did well from their first console. Mm-hmm. And they went, right, we'll make that even bigger and better on the next one. And then we'll basically scrap everything we've done before and do it differently. And it worked for them. So maybe it is a case of literally going back to the drawing board. The thing is, it's all about games. And PlayStation, and they've won Activision, haven't they? I mean, every Activision game, Activision are on the PlayStation stand this year. I mean, that's mm. maddening. You know, they've pretty much won over most of the big publishers. I know EA do some deals with them, but they're pretty much, you know, and Ubisoft with uh, Sony, they've done ever so well. And Xbox, if anything, are going away from exclusive games of what happened mm. at Lionhead and you know other, other studios around the country, that around the world, that they've closed and projects are closed. So where are they expecting these games to come from that's going to give them a different, difference to separate them? And I actually think they made a mistake in completely k- killing off all of their... You remember when it was all... You know, the, you talk about the disastrous launch of Xbox One where it's entertainment, sports, 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 entertainment, video and that kind of stuff. I actually think they made a bit of a mistake in just killing that off entirely. I do think that I, those were good ideas that just didn't need to be the first thing that you shouted about when you launched a new games console. You should have been shouting about video games. Mm. PlayStation are doing all that stuff as well. They just just wasn't yeah, front and the, the, the failure was mainly in the presentation, yeah. I think, really. Well, and the disastrous online strategy. But then they sorted that. Yeah. They listened to the... They chose to listen to the criticism, which they, you know, they could have easily chosen not to do because, you know, if you listen to every bit of criticism you received online, then... You'd be reactive forever and never proactive. But they've tried so hard. Yeah. They and they've really that product is so different to how it was, mm-hmm. and still yeah. it's almost a, it's almost a, a completely different machine to the one that not only the one they availed, the one that actually hit shelves. And yeah. Not not just from the kind of oh we've updated the dashboard a bit actually like the full you know adding the backwards compatibility. Freedom of connect, obviously. Yeah, freedom freedom of connect, downplaying the you know, the TV 
compatibility. Like, but they got rid of it. They closed that TV stuff. Yeah. I just think they could have done some more with it. I, I don't know what it is. I do worry that they are just following. They launched a streaming service. Well, PlayStation's had one already for a while now. They launched a VR headset. Well, PlayStation are already launching a VR yeah. headset. They're not doing anything that's going to make it. So they're doing one stuff. One thing they're doing better is backwards compatibility. But then yeah. you can still argue whether the clamour and noise for that is reflected. It's not. It's, it's actual actual actually use it. Yeah. And yeah. There's I, a reason I, why both of them at first completely dismissed it. There's a reason why, um, who is it that Microsoft said, to be to be interested in backwards compatibility is to be backwards. <laughs> you know, because previously these people spent loads of money putting backwards compatibility in machines, which people, when they're sitting there with an existing collection, think is really important. Mm. But as soon as they buy a new console with new games, the old stuff is largely ostracised. And mm. if they want to play it that much, they can always keep hold of the half, half the time, particularly given how expensive the current consoles are, half the time people sell their console and complete games yeah. collection in order to afford well, the next one. Well, you have to fund it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's one of those things that we think we want. I have to confess, you know, like, when they announced backwards compatibility, I was excited. Only example of me actually using it is the stuff that's part of Rare Replay. Because I haven't got any 360 games anymore, and I certainly have. Even though, like some of the uh, the deals they do, like Burnout Paradise 299 was, you know, it was, was on deal for a while. I thought oh, I bloody loved that game. I would download that and play it again. I didn't. Of course, I didn't. Because I've got a massive backlog it's, of cards. I games. always thought it was a good pre-order. I always thought it was a good pre-order initiative in that you could buy um, Call of Duty and get an old, well, Call of Duty is a bad example, but like Rainbow Six and get the original Rainbow Six yeah. as a pre-order incentive. That's always quite good. Yeah, buy buy just cause well, and get just cause too. Okay, well let's, let's let's wrap this up, shall we? What 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 shall we make a prediction? What do you think is going to? Is there going to be a surprise at the show that we've not been spoiled already? I'd like to see an old IP come back. Well, Don't know so which one. I, I think you might get your wish. I know. I'm <laughs> not that we know. Um, no, of course not. Um, no, okay. I I I, I want to see something that I genuinely have absolutely no idea that's coming. Something like that original Watch Dogs reveal. No one knew that was coming. Everyone was massively excited for it afterwards. I want that. All right, Ben. It's what Dark Souls Four. You want Dark Souls Four? <laughs> there's not going to be one, Ben. It's it. It's over. Yeah, but that's the surprise. Yeah, 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 we're exactly. told there's no more. I don't know. I don't know. I just I would like to. I just want to see something new. I understand the commercial viability of sequels, and you know I buy sequels. I'm not above that. Um, I've just been raving about Dark Souls 3 and saying I want Dark Souls 4 I like sequels but I really love it when I see something that's different and new something like her story last year mm. there's a different new experience that's what I love and that, that would be great I want, I want a game that not that, that when they announce it it isn't one that says this game will last you 120 hours and requires you to connect online and play with billions of people I want a game that says you know what this game single player mode 3 hours <laughs> yes yeah. sold sold yeah. Uh, I'd like a, this, is this game this game's a this game is actually made for people over the age of 25 <laughs> <laughs> they have lives and responsibilities yes. yeah. you can complete this in a few evenings well, and even if you can't complete it in a few evenings you can complete. You can play it one evening then play it six months six months later and pick up exactly where you left off <laughs> that'll be quite nice without yeah. having to go hang on who's this character what am I doing where bringing am I going the, bringing which, up the menu which buttons crouch oh my god there's like 20 buttons I can't remember I played it for, for, for two months and I've forgotten it all yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I want um <laughs> <laughs> don't right. hold your breath um, well I guess that's that's us done yeah uh, you'll, there'll be plenty of E3 coverage obviously on our MCV and Develop yeah we'll be reporting live from the show there's also the MCV and Develop actually E3 special edition which you can pick up if you're at the show you can pick up 90 pages of MCV this week very excited a picture of my wife on the cover your picture of your wife <laughs> on the cover <laughs> she's, she's going to be delighted oh, that's, that's the word yeah. <laughs> right 
Well, I'll, well yeah, we'll stay tuned to MCV next week. Indeed. Um, um, we'll be back shortly after the show with maybe a, a roundup podcast yeah. or uh, follow, following up on the, on the various news. You can rant about Nintendo not announcing anything. That we yeah. can probably do. We'll talk yes. about how great Zelda is. Should we do the Zelda and, podcast? And how wonderful if, Zelda! If it's the Legend of Zelda: Sea of Thieves, that the, is the, the game. The thing is, if you do just sit there and talk about Zelda, because it's a podcast, you won't be able to see the face I'm pulling. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean the one you're pulling right yeah, now? That's it, that's I'm, I'm hoping for a Pokemon one as well. Yeah, stop this now. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can find the rest of the MZV and Develop podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and Pocket Casts. Uh, aside from that, we are mcvuk.com, develop-online.net. And we're on Twitter at MCBUK and at Develop Online. Have a nice week. Is it MCBUK or is it MCB? It's MCBUK. Is it? Yeah. Congratulations on sounding professional. Well done. I could. I could. For some reason, I suddenly thought it was MCV online. No, you would be wrong. Would I? What, the Twitter account? Yeah. It is MCV online, isn't it? I'm wrong. Oh! (laughs) Definitely don't edit it. Let's try that again. (laughs) No, that's it. That's staying in. (laughs)